babies. <laughs> I mean, you'd think a guy that looks like me, dresses an axe, and says shit like me would be like welcomed in a place like that. But nay, no, really, I don't have the uh, the religious background to pass the test apparently, or the or the state license. So, where did yeah. they get married in a field or something? Or like, had a uh... skirt around it. Eh, there are details that I, I'm not at liberty to say, but we skirted around it. We got around the law. Bad boy. Fuck the man. Uh, speaking of fucking the man, what do you say we start the show? This is my sports show, uh, latest and greatest in New England sports. We're going to do some opening takes. And uh, I know the email says one thing, but we're going to do a little bit differently. We're going to go in show order here. So, Ray, why don't you kick us off with your Celtics take as behind me we see game two kickoff uh, in the NBA playoffs. Raymond, it's all yours. The path was there. The path was simple. Giannis, gone. Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP now, hurt. Uh, Jimmy Butler hurt the Knicks choke artist. We had a, a nice little path there. And what happens is the beard comes into the TD garden, and fucking drops 45 on our faces. I mean, boys, it's simple. You got one guy to guard and you couldn't even fucking do that. It's all about the details. And uh, Bobby's boy over there, Joey Maz, uh, he ain't doing too hot. And I think uh, the defensive efficiency that was lost with I may and Brad is starting to show its ugly little face right now. You guys doubted me at the beginning. You did. Called me out for it. I had this thought today, Bobby, and I wanted to mention it. I was listening to a little sports radio myself, and uh, they were kind of discussing it. And I had this thought, and it went like this. I fucking hate Joe Mazzula. (laughs) (laughs) He's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a real piece of work. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly, we'll touch on the Celtics uh, with with the game going on behind us. We'll give you some live updates as we do the show here. It's going to be released on Friday, so it'll be old news, but uh, new to us. Uh, I'll I'll kick it off, uh, or I, I'll continue the uh, trend here. I'll go Bruins, and what was the epic collapse of Game Seven, Round One, for the most winningest NHL team in any in NHL history? What a choke job! What a classic, predictable Bruins choke job. Um, I mean, there's so many. There's so many inflection points that you that we could key on, and we'll touch on them uh, on a lot on this show. But just I'll sum I'll sum up the the ending of this Bruins season in one word. A lot of people are calling it, you know, travesty or 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 you know, uh, uh, collapse. It. I'm gonna give you the word embarrassing, because forever, forever until someone beats 62 wins or 135 points, this team is going to be linked with the greatest season in NHL history. And then you're going to look at how they performed in the playoffs, and it's going to continuously be embarrassing forever. Um, tough pill to swallow. Tough pill to swallow as a Bruins fan. So we'll uh, touch on think, the inflection points in that. Yeah. Can I say something real quick, too? I guess that the 48-point differential was the most lopsided uh, playoff victory of all time. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. correct. And, and we said at the time, best season of all time, certainly not the best team, but a round one exit. Woof. Um, we'll get into it for sure. Bobby, your opening take. Yeah, Patriots had their draft come through. Uh, I, I think everybody was very happy with the first round pick that came through there. Christian Gonzalez, that was a pretty big surprise. Some dropping, get to 14. They're like, no, no, no. We'll wait. We'll take him at 17. You know, <laughs> but the any any draft will ultimately def- be defined by how your first round pick goes. So your first two picks, Christian Gonzalez, Keon White, the draft will be defined by them. Everybody makes a lot of fuss about the rest of the picks. We'll get in. We'll go through there. But in order for this draft to be a success, ultimately, Christian Gonzalez becomes their number one corner. Keon White's a starting defensive lineman. 
And if one of those two wide receivers there that popped through there can actually contribute in some sort of meaningful way, the draft's a success. But other than that, it, it, it's meat and potatoes stuff, backup linemen, the, the kicker and punter, they'll probably play. So it is what it is, but it, it, the draft was never going to turn the season around and all of a sudden them being a dynamic offense was never going to happen. What a salient, moderated, boring point by you. I'll pop off a little bit later about one pick, but I was trying to keep it sane for now. Thank he's you very much. To, he's trying to keep the bukkake off the wall right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to wait for know. the bukkake. It only comes once. <laughs> it yeah, comes once. exactly. So I'll I'll get it later. It just, you know. 11.59 every Tuesday night at Irene's Bukkake time. Hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Uh, not the Bukaki. We'll talk in the NFL. Say, we're talking about my mother's Bukaki. Nah. Uh, Celtics. We'll start we with the Celtics. We'll go to the Bruins. We'll do the uh, Patriots draft recap. We have a top five uh, worst Boston uh, losses. I've, I've pinned it to our lifetime, but we can we can uh, uh, spin off a little bit if you if you'd like. Uh, but just the worst losses in Boston sports history. We'll go with the top five segment there. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll do the Patriots draft and, of course, Simplest Minds of the Week. This is the Simple Minds Sports Show, Friday Rewind, May 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I won't do an accent Ooh. because that's, that's racist. Uh, we'll get racist. canceled. We'll get canceled. Yeah, we'll get canceled. Arriba! That wasn't an accent. That's was a culturally appropriate phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this next Corona is for you. And so is the next W energy drink, which is this show is brought to you by W.GG. That's where you want to go for all your energy drink needs or all your energy pump up, whatever you need, whether it's a, uh, a gummy or a shake or a drink. You want to go to W.GG and you want to type in promo code simple minds for 15% off all of your uh, your total order that's w.gg all right let's start uh raymond's point with the celtics they did drop game one to the 76ers the joel Embiid, the 2022-23 mvp joel Embiid, out of the lineup the celtics lost 115 to 119 um just felt like they were tossing it out there from the second the game started no defense played whatsoever. Um, you let the role players of the 76ers get rolling. And obviously James Harden had a career night. Um, but the zero defense, the, the, the 76ers, who of course are known for their interior play with Joel Embiid, which I'll get to in a second. You talk interior play with Joel Embiid, but God, does he frustrate, frustrate me watching. He's the biggest guy in the league, and he's playing like Steph Curry, even if most of his points are still two-pointers. I'm off on a tangent. The 76ers shot 45% from three. Like that, They don't even shoot threes. They, do. So they shot 45%. They lead the league in three-pointers. That's not fucking true, Ray. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Their points come from two. Their points come from inside the perimeter. Their lead scorer is Joel Embiid. You're not even fucking making sense. God damn it, Raymond. Just right off the bat. Right off the fucking bat. If I'm wrong, I'm going to cut this. Uh, uh, is ranked one right now. And Golden State's two. Clippers three. Denver four. Tell Do me that's the playoffs. 
Tell me that's the playoffs. No, it's right now. It's the oh, whole season. Okay. We're going to check. We're going to go ahead and check that. Because it can't. Joel Embiid's your lead fucking scorer. How is the, how are the 76ers lead? I don't actually. Because he's the only one night. that shoots. The, he's the only one that shoots twos. Everybody else does threes. They said it all night there in the broadcast is that this is the hottest three-point team in all season long. And now they're continuing in the playoffs. They said it the opposite. Say They they were saying that the 76ers are, are normally scoring from two. You and the Celtics are normally scoring by from three. Poor announcing, sir. You made a choice to listen to those fools instead of listening to the bot pod who just dropped knowledge on you. Suck it, bitch. Can, Bobby, can you uh, give me your impression on the game? Uh, James Harden goes for 45. Uh Two double teams. I think statistically there are two double teams. Um, obviously the game winner, Harden hit over Al fucking Horford, who's again as old as us. Um, just, just give me your overall take. Uh, we're obviously operating at a disadvantage here because Boston is a terrible strip club um, place. Thank and you, Bobby. Obviously you did Harden read it. is notoriously notoriously known for performing much better. Again, research provided to us by Raymond. Okay. He is, uh, I'll tell you what, he has been providing some top knock knowledge here and James came with it. Um, they didn't even really attempt to guard him. I think the term, since we are in a Cinco de Mayo show here, Olay has a lot to do with it because they were not, they were not really trying to stand in front of that man. And it, it was without having him there and move the ball better. Embiid is a ball stopper, just like Julius Randle is, how they're playing with him out and next win in the series. I'm pretty sure Embiid being back in this game is better for the Celtics, but there was no defense. Joey Maz, he, he was playing NBA 2K out there, and it showed. Raymond? Well, the thing that it showed also is that Jason Tatum in the first half was hot. I think he had 20 points in the third, uh, second quarter alone. He had 29, I think, to end the half. And then what happens in the second half? I think he had four shots. Like, they didn't give him the ball. Like, what was the whole purpose of that? Everyone needs to touch the ball. No, you have two hot shooters, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and neither of them got the ball in the second half, and that's atrocious. And as your coach, you should be calling timeouts and saying, hey, boys, these are our guys. Give them the ball. Let them cook. But no, he didn't. He wanted Marcus Smart and Brogdon and, and White and Horford and Williams to get their touches in the second half, and it was bullshit. That's what happens. You just don't have the prolific scoring in the second half like you did in the first half, and that's why you lost. That's an interesting take, Raven. Uh, most people are going with the defense, which I would agree with. And uh, uh, just as I'm distracted here, as we as we go through this, uh, and now I'm looking up the just statistics, three-point percentage, the Philadelphia 76ers – led by percentage of threes made attempts. I can't even find them on the list. This link won't take me to the next page, but they're well below top 10. I can't, they're not even on the list. You want to find attempts? So your quote was 45% from threes for the 76ers. Not going to happen again. And what did you say? They are first in the league in percentage Suck. Raymond is having a phenomenal fucking... day. Again, that was a, that was God, a perfectly God salient reply it. to that. God fucking damn it, Raymond. They shot more threes that game <laughs> than they've shot basically the entire year combined. What was your quote? You said 45% It wasn't a quote. Threes. It was in a fucking email. Not like, gonna happen again. I was taking and I fucking just trumped you again, motherfucker. <laughs> 
Uh, well, first wow. of all, the, this, first of all, we want a gentleman's bet. Twenty-five dollars Venmo. The 76ers will not shoot forty-five percent from three for the rest of this series. Garrett won't do it. Uh, you know what? Fine, twenty-five Fine, bucks. You fat fuck fupa. They won't. <laughs> and the fucking point that I was trying to make was the 76ers don't shoot three pointers, which you know or you didn't because you're a bot pod, bottom of the total ball of dumb, and you just try to take something wrong with it and you're too stupid to fucking actually back it up. Your the 76ers... fucking quote was that the percentage. What about the fucking shooting? <laughs> Damn it. Now I got to look up the fucking box score. Celtics, 76ers. <laughs> Hey, just say you're wrong, baby girl. It's fine. Just say, hey, <laughs> I was wrong. The Sixers do not shoot threes. They shot. They shit. Here's the whole. Here's the whole point of this, which is not the fucking quote. It's by the way, it's not a quote. You see any quotations on that, grammar guru? The, the fucking point <laughs> is the Celtics played no perimeter defense. They played no defense. Period. They went out there like it was a pickup game, back and forth, back and forth, All just Jason Tatum style. Go up there and and uh, no no defense, no uh, nobody pressing you whatsoever. He drops thirty nine points. That's right in line with what Jason. Tatum wants to do. It's just not how you win NBA playoff games. The 76ers do not shoot three-pointers. They shot a shit ton of them the other night. They shot 38 three-pointers the other night. 38! 38. You know how many Celtics shot? No, you 20. don't. You 26. Ah, 26. Close. Damn it. 38.5% from the best field goals percentage from three-point team in the league, the Boston Celtics. Mm. So when I say that's not going to happen again, that disparity in three-pointers shot and percentage-wise is not going to happen again, especially with Embiid back uh, game yep. two. The, the 76ers back. are just not going to play the same way. Here's the bottom line. The Celtics did not show up to play in game one. They played no perimeter defense. Joe Mazzula made no adjustments as James Harden went off like he was back in Houston getting lap dances left and right, dropping the G every night. No adjustments were weighed. No defense was made. And it... And yes, Tatum was cooking, and I, I, I can't even speak to whether they gave him the ball in the second half or not, to be, to be frank, because I was so pissed off with how poorly they were playing defense. They didn't, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, but uh, here's what I'll give you to, to pivot to the next point. The last, um, se- uh, you know, possessions or series or uh, uh, of the game, the big one, obviously, that's being made massive is Malcolm Brogdon giving the ball to Maxi at the shot clock violation with 22 seconds left for the, for the 76ers to take the lead made me question everything uh, that I've said negative about Marcus smart in the past. No, welcome. Brogdon was brought here to pick the opposite of that play. And he went ahead and just tossed them the ball to take the lead with 22 seconds left. Um, Jason Tatum, to his credit, went on to hit two free throws to take the lead, and then obviously we had the uh, the Brock, the uh, uh, Horford three to win. Go on, I know that was a ramble. Ray fucking set me. God damn it, Ray. God just damn in, in in this this scramble where you went up to look at the box score, I just went to go look it up too because I was just thinking I don't really remember much about what Jalen Brown did in this game. Nothing. That's a great. Well, let point. me tell you what he did do. He shot eight for ten and eight for ten from the field, three for four from uh three point. He had twenty three points. He should have had the fucking ball more. He barely missed a damn shot. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. What watching that game, Bobby? He, how many turnovers? Does it tell you how many turnovers he had? He had to have at least five or six turnovers. Yeah, he had some bad ones in the first half. He looked like shit. He really looked like shit. He had a massive three pointer um, that he hit late in the fourth. 
Um, but I watching it live, my my mind's eye says he was really having a bad game, struggling to find his timing and his pace. Um, so maybe maybe the I, I, the off look. The offense was not the problem. It was the defense. They didn't play any defense from mm-hmm. the tip, from the beginning tip. You can tell when this team's in, engaged and when it's there not. There was no game plan. There, there was no discernible No, they discussion. thought that without Embiid, they were going to walk out on that floor and blow them away. How, how, how many times does this have to happen to this fucking team for them to realize that that's not how things go? You just did it twice series. in Atlanta. Each series. Yeah. And it's the playoffs, too. I mean, you got to step up your defense in the playoffs. It's, it's crazy right now. It's you can so tell that they took, the, they, they took the foot off the pedal. I think they thought, like everyone else thought in Boston, just basically, holy shit, we have a clear path to the finals. We can take it easy now. No one beat. Oh, shit. Now we really got it easy tonight. And they just came out and they looked uh, lethargical and, you know, they didn't do shit. Horford and Brogdon admitted it. They said without, within beat out there, you know, we were not as engaged or, or intense as, as we should have been. It's like, how, how do you let that happen? How do you fucking let that happen? And you go back to three people. This is how you let it happen. Three people. When you say that, that's an indictment of Missoula because he's the one that's supposed to make sure that that urgency is there. And he's and, and your two senior players said it publicly. Yeah, that's true. And your senior players, although don't don't leave out Marcus Smart because he's the most senior oh, Celtic yeah, of all, uh, on the team. Mm. So it's important that you put that, you stitch Captain. that in writing. Um, but the other two guys are Tatum and Brown. Those those are really the guys. If if you if, Kobe Bryant would never let an Embiid-less 76ers team walk onto his court and pop a three in your eye to win the game, right? So your your leaders on your team set your tone. And I thought Tatum played well um, defensively. I, I have no problem with Tatum in this playoffs, honestly. I think he's I think he's doing a pretty good job. He's just not that type of guy. We've said it for years. He's just not he's- the Kobe guy. He's not going to set that. You need somebody else to come in and do it. And Jalen Brown is like... Hit or miss with it, Jimmy. I'm working on it. <laughs> fucking, we need Jimmy. Contracts on the fucking table. We're trying, We're trying. That'd be amazing. Uh, anywhere else? Where else do we want to go with the Celtics? Honestly, they dominated most of the rebounds. They won 38 to 28 assists, 26 17. Um, no free. This is how you know it was. Ooh, that was, it was a, a good lazy, stupid, shitty game. Uh, especially by the no free throws attempted in the first half. Uh, two by either How team. Two at the last uh, minute of the of the first half. Fine. Uh, <laughs> what is what a shitty way to play? Like, they're just letting him play. But that's what we always want. The refs just let him play. But no, they were jacking threes. There were, nah. there were nobody was going in the lane. Nobody was forcing the issue. They were just out there playing street ball. Nobody well, especially was... without their uh, MVP center. They're not pressing the, the to the paint. Honestly, Tatum got most of his points in the paint. The points to the paint. 66 to 42 the Celtics won 66 mm-hmm. to 42 you should do- you should dominate a game if you win the points in the paint 66 to 42 but to Ray's point the 76ers are the number one team in three pointers i guess so when percentage. they're in that might percentage that's that's all they uh and be back and be is back tonight it's currently 14 to 10 in the first quarter do you uh, do you know who 16 started to tonight 10. Do you know who uh, Marcus tonight? Smart was out so i don't know 
Oh, who's, who's starting? I was wondering if they were going big tonight because I think they needed to go big and have uh, Rob Williams and Al Horford out there just slow the whole pace down. Uh, Grant's out there, so you'd expect to Ugh. see a lot of Horford, a lot of Grant Williams against Embiid. I don't mind Grant Williams against Embiid. I don't get this whole anti-Grant Williams movement, by the way, this entire No, game. I don't want him to start. I wanted Rob Williams to start is what I'm saying. I'm not sure who started. Yeah, Rob Williams is in now, so I would assume Grant Williams started, but we can look it up. Um, it also doesn't matter. Embiid is back. Uh, frankly, I don't know if it's going to help them. If it's he's that bad, then no, I don't think it will. I think he's going to be just a anchor in the middle. That's it. Celtics won three games against Embiid this year. <laughs> uh, in the regular season, they've traditionally owned him. He's he has that meme. Um, it's not a rivalry. They kick our ass every time. Mm. Um, I've had my problems with Embiid. I'll, I'll go on my little tirade here. Um, you're seven two, three hundred pounds, and he. He plays with his back hunched like Quasimodo, like fucking Josh Durkis, uh, trying to trying to bat, trying to uh, Steph Curry his way into an MVP. Like, dude, you can literally get the ball four feet. Just like look at a couple Shaq highlights. He could do that in today's NBA every single possession. That's just a name I haven't heard probably since high school was Josh Durkis. <laughs> like at least occasionally some other names get thrown around. But then like you said Quasimodo and then I didn't initially think him. And then you said Josh Durkis. I was like, oh, yeah, that hunchback little fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying that they, uh, you know, the equivalent on the hunch or certainly basketball skills, but no, just the way a that condition. Yeah, maybe. Um... Oh, I was going to go somewhere. That... I'm glad I didn't. Two drinks an hour would have went there. Anyway. Good boy. <laughs> uh, anyway, I hate his game. I absolutely hate Embiid's game. Early in his career, he was such a uh, dog in the bad way. He would just dog it in the playoffs, not show up. Always like it, lingering injuries as a seven footer. You know that you expect that, I guess. But like, I just fucking hate Embiid. I honestly hate him. I hate his game. Good for you. You won the MVP. He's the perfect guy to win the MVP and then never win anything else. Um, Raymond, your thoughts, him coming back. How do you take that? Does it benefit the 76ers? Um, how do you think the Celtics deal with it? Go ahead. Uh, I think it's going to hurt him. I mean, if he's hurt, they said that LCL sprain is a uh, four to six week, uh, sideline and he's already back in less than two weeks. I think it is. So I think more or less, he's going to be a nuisance out there kind of thing. And like, he's going to get hurt even more. I think he's going to try to do too much on that leg. So I think it's going to hurt the 76ers in the long run, but. Let's see what they do tonight against uh, Embiid as I'm watching you watch the game. What's the score? It's uh, 16 to 18 Celtics. Bobby, right. your thoughts on Embiid coming back? I think he's a ball stopper. I think it actually makes him easier to defend. Um, they have two players with size that can combat him. And when Embiid gets the ball, he kind of wants to shoot it. And when he shoots it, there is really no chance of any like secondary rebounds or scores and he's not going to get threes. And they showed with, without him, they can play a different offense and score some threes in, in, in a way that it appeared it was more difficult for the Celtics to defend. So in some ways I think it's more beneficial, makes it more predictable. Yeah, I think, I think you saw that literally in game one, the way they played defense, they just kind of were ready to play against Embiid for whatever reason, even though know, they probably knew that he was going to be out and they didn't adjust and um, yeah, I mean the record speaks for itself. There's three three uh, wins against them. Um, here's the bottom line: the Celtics are a better team. They have uh, not the top. You, know, you want to put Embiid in the top top player injured? I'll still take Tatum over him. Jalen Brown's going to be up there. They should. The Celtics should win this series. And let's not forget, Doc Rivers is on the other sideline. 
the only mm. NBA coach in the history of the NBA to give up three, three one leads in the playoffs. Mm. Maybe that's what we should be looking for. Go let's three, just let's the, just go, go down three one. Just so we right can, where we want him. So we can get him. We can get Doc right where we want him. Maybe that's what we're looking for. Uh, what I'm looking for right now is a uh, little headlines with the obvious one. Ray, I sent you something real quick. If you can take a look at it. Yeah, I saw that. Thanks. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> thank you there, Richard. Uh, the nut kicking to Boston sports fans continue. First, the Bruins were eliminated in Game Seven against the Florida Panthers, four to three. These same Bruins have the most wins record and points record in the regular season and got bounced in the first round. Uh, the Celtics made it to the second round and played the Embiidless Philadelphia 76ers and lost that game one, 119 to 115. James Harden led the way with 45 points and an endless Miller Lights at Penn's Port Pub when he returns to Philly. Game two is going on as we record 18 to 16. The Celtics are winning. The Red Sox have a pulse. They are on a four-game winning streak and aren't in last place in the AL East anymore. There are two games left with the Blue Jays with Nick Pavetta pitching tonight as we record in Brian Bayo on Thursday. They started three-game series with the Phillies starting on Friday. Finally, the NFL draft is over with the Patriots selected 12 players this year with notable picks corner Christian Gonzalez and edge Keon White. And finally, Mike Vrabel made the New England Patriots Hall of Fame and I ask you, gentlemen, who will be the next Patriot to make the NFL Hall of Fame? Back to Tom Brady. Yeah. Easy. That was an easy one. Sorry. You want to go not Tom Brady? Yeah, not Tom Brady. Uh, Gronk? You want to go not Gronk? Does Edelman get in? I think Ty Law is the next one. I don't one think gets Edelman in. gets in. Ty Law's already in. Seymour just make it too. Seymour's been in. <laughs> Seymour's been in for like two years. <laughs> mm. So stupid. Um, does Edelman make it? No. Yeah. I bet you Edelman makes it. I think that they've gotten so soft. I don't I don't agree that he should, but I bet yeah. he gets in there. And I think the rings and he's got a couple hundred catch seasons. Um he might get in there. He might get in. I mean, if anything, based off of like actual talent, I would say no. The only thing, it's just more like that you saw he was in so many nationally televised games right. that he was such a high profile player and his best games were in those things that maybe that he gets it for that. But I mean, trust me, I love Edelman more than anybody, but I don't think he's a Hall of Fame guy. But I, to your point, they let in anybody. I mean, you could argue two Two of Edelman's seasons, he was the best receiver in the league. A lot of that has to do with Brady, for sure. But, like, oh, obviously, you know, Tim Brown is a fucking Hall of Famer. And mm. so, I, you know, I, I think that he – the question was asked, who's the next one? Brady and Gronk are obviously the easiest ones. Frankly, Belichick might be the next one after that mm. depending on when he hangs it up. Yeah. Um, although, can co- coaches can get admitted at any time. Right, no, I, they don't have to. No, be I think it's still they have to not coach for five years. Yeah. Really, just like that's why I would players, like. Yeah. Uh, who was it when somebody came back? Like who was it? Like Parcells or somebody? It restarted his five oh, no. year clock. Was was it Parcells or was it Gibbs? Maybe it was one of those guys that like restarted their clock. Interesting. Um, yeah, those those are your guys. I don't. You're not going to see Brewski years of the Vrabels or Will Ford. The second tier not. dynasty guys are getting in. No high towers, McCordy's, none of those McCordy's, guys. Harrison. No, no. Roddy Harrison? 
They he's hate in. fucking running ears. I know. He's in though, right? No. I don't think. No, no, no. Oh. No, he didn't make it. Um, so it's an interesting question. Um, Brady and then Gronk and then Belichick. They're probably going in the same class year too, because they retired together. Brady and Gronk. Oh no, Gronk was one year earlier, so it would be Gronk first. Yeah, Gronk was Ooh, yep. I've been uh proven wrong. So Gronk. Ray gets him again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. Uh Bruins epic, epic collapse, losing game seven after setting the regular season record. 65 wins, 135 points. They lose in round one. Let me just quickly give you uh the history of this. So um the Canadians held the record for most points in a season, 133. That was the 1976-1977 Canadians. Had 62 wins, but at 133 points. Totally different league then, but whatever. Uh, from there, the Detroit Red Wings, 1995-96, got their 62 wins, less points. Um, they ended up losing. The Canadians won the Stanley Cup in 76-77. The Red Wings went on to lose in the uh, conference finals to the Avalanche. And then uh, most recently, the 2018-2019 uh, Tampa Bay Lightning got 62 wins and were famously swept in the first round by the Blue Jackets, which is commonly forgotten um, in this conversation about the Bruins and it being the worst loss ever. Lightning basically just fucking did it a couple years ago, and they got swept, not a game seven. So, However, the Lightning went on to win a couple championships, and I don't think we can say that about the Bruins um on the horizon so a little bit different there uh bruins are currently zero and three uh as president trophy winners in the modern era um at least in our lifetime and just to go into that game seven specifically uh the scope of the collapse within that series they had a 3-1 series lead in game five they had a third period they had two third period leads four three and five four they lost that game, game five. In game seven, they were up a goal with 54 seconds left is when that tying goal happened. And then overtime came, and you could tell they they didn't stand a chance. The pressure was too big. The moment was too big. Whatever. The curse of the Tukarask butthole tattoo came back to haunt this Bruins team yet again, Raymond. Um, easy to pinpoint the start of where things went wrong. Their own zone was horrendous. Um, you want to put that in a decor, I'll go with you, but you can bring in as many forwards as you want, tack on the goaltending as you want. Their own zone was absolutely horrible. But what's not getting talked about or what I'm not hearing talked about is their lack of aggression when in those positions to win the game. They sat back. They they did not press the issue, especially in that game seven. Um, you could see it happening. They they had the They had the one goal lead with about six minutes left, and you can just watch them float back in their zone. And, and just let it all come at them. And that's never a recipe for winning. Um, like I said, goaltending was shit. Allmark um, had a debilitating injury, according we'll to talk about it. You reports. Talk about it. We'll Can't talk about it, though, and I'm not going to disclose it. Um, I'll keep going, and you can discuss. David Pasternak, the guy that I've shit on a lot, actually did showed up a little bit. He, yep, he, heard, our show. he heard our show. Two goals, had a nice goal in game whatever. What was the through-the-legs goal? Game five or game six? Game six, because they lost game that. Six, yeah. Um, showed up a little bit for what he's supposed to do, score goals. He didn't do much else, but he scored goals. So can't get really on him. Uh, I'll stop there, and then we can work down the individuals and their uh, lack of uh, showing up. But um, I don't know. Uh, your overall takeaway from the epic Bruins collapse. 
if Linda Holm, I mean, uh, if Allmark really did have this debilitating injury, then why the fuck was he playing in the playoffs? If it's that bad and they can't talk about it and it was serious, why was he there? You have a kid in Swayman, you know, you don't have to ride, you don't have to go the every game, uh, every other game approach anymore. You could just ride with Swayman. So and he actually did look better in game seven. I mean, that was, you only gave it four goals compared to Allmark's eight that he's been letting up in the fucking previous <laughs> game. I mean, Jesus, you could have gone with him. And then Lindholm, the guy scored 54 points in the regular season in 11 playoff games with the Bruins, zero. He's been a goose egg. So yeah, it's the defense, like the top end defenseman and Allmark both shitting the bed, I think is the big story to talk about with the Bruins. Yeah, there's an easy second guess with the goaltending, um, especially, you know, when when the when you the eye test with Allmark, you could kind of see it a little slow, a little sluggish. Um, you know, there were not too many like terrible softies, maybe a couple, but like um, certainly wasn't as sharp as before, and the defense left him out to hang to dry a little bit. So it, that's that's a hard that's a hard call to make in the playoffs. But I'm with you. I, you know, game four, game five, you could have gone to Allmark instead of waiting to game seven, bring a 25 year old kid in after not playing for two weeks. That first goal in game seven against Swayman, and that's a softy. You can't let that mm-hmm. shit in. And the last goal, honestly, and a lot of people saying Mac, it was tipped off McAvoy, um, which makes it a little tougher, but still, you know. Uh, you're gonna win a cup, goal. If you're gonna win a cup, I don't care if you're a Vezin winner or you're, you know, you're Swayman and Olmark who had the best goalie tandem in in the history of the NHL. If you're gonna win a cup, you can be a bum off the street and you got to make that fucking save. Mm-hmm. And that and those goalies make the save. The Stanley Cup winning goalies on those runs make those saves, whether they should or not, they do. So certainly uh, bad there. Um, Bergeron minus six in his three games played. Found out he's playing with a herniated disc, suffered in the last game of the season, which they he had no business being in. Which we heard later on that you told us why he played. Yeah, his dad was in the stands. Yeah, because he's dying of cancer. It's probably the last time he's ever seen him play live. I mean, that's hard. Like it is sports. You like I I. It is like you're you're there for the romance of it, and if Bergeron's truly going to retire, which it seems like he is, then yeah, you know, your last game in your home city, your all your family is there, and your father's there dying of cancer. You probably want to strap up and play on the ice. Mm-hmm. Hurt him, herniated disc. Mm-hmm. Played through it, sucked minus six. <laughs> but honestly, watching him, I didn't like. From the eye test, it didn't. He didn't suck. He just wasn't a difference maker, and he's minus six because he's on the ice at all the crucial moments. And at all the crucial moments, the defense and the goaltending and the and the rest of the team collapsed, and they gave up goals. So, yeah, time for him to go. Like old Yeller, put about in pasture. You got. Him. You got I'll it. Just, I'll just run down this list of suck bags real quick. Uh, Krejci, uh, I think it was a minus five or something, but he had that big goal in, in the last game, game seven. Um, felt like Pasternak got going a little bit when Krejci was in there, whether he was playing with him or not, for whatever reason, um, needed his binky. Marshan was clearly not himself, clearly playing injured. That game seven, that dude couldn't even make a pass. Couldn't even make a pass. I don't know what was going on with him. Uh, you mentioned it, Ray. Lindholm, Hampus Lindholm was an absolute puddle. Um, couldn't get out of his own zone to save his life. Couldn't make a hit. Just useless. McAvoy, trick or treat. I mean, that guy, game seven, sucked too. Turnover central. Game two, turnover central. Um, 
do you expect more out of, out of Charlie McAvoy, especially coming into his prime here? He needs to he needs to deliver all the time. Uh, Dimitri Orlov, uh, trick or treat, a lot of mistakes, gave you something offensively, but in his own zone was shit like everybody else. Bertuzzi, same deal, produced offensively, shit in his own zone. Taylor Hall, your guy, your guy Ray, um, the basic, right. the Bruins All Star in the playoffs, sparked at times, looked fast. I don't know how much. He created, but look fast out there. Yeah, mm. good skater. Good skater, eh? Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, DeBrusque, mostly invisible. Had a couple goals, whatever. Coyle uh, was good, I think. As Charlie Coyle goes, he did what it, Charlie Coyle was supposed to do. He seemed like he was trying to get the team going with some hits. Uh, totally. In yeah. Game seven. Yeah. He tried. He, it seemed like he was trying to be a little spark plug, but Coyle's a positive. DeBrusque, I'll give you a positive. You know, these are guys with lower expectations. Even Orloff is on the cusp. Even uh, Bertuzzi, Hale. though. Bertuzzi, like, earned himself a big contract this offseason coming up. Yeah. Not from Oz. Oh, come on. That guy played his ass off in the. It, he had Dude, some he big gave, goals. He single handedly lost them the game with that, uh, the first turnover in game two, was it? Or game five? Uh, we just dumped it in front of his own zone. He sucked in his own zone. So did everybody else. Hmm. And he's and he was playing with you know top end. We'll see. We'll see what kind of contract he gets. Four or five million. Um, but those are the guys that are positives, and we can still pick them apart. Pick Taylor them. Hall was a positive, and he was almost a, like he was just fine. DeBrusque was a positive. He was fine. Coyle was a positive. He didn't score any goals. I don't know what his point total was. It wasn't high. Uh, maybe he scored one goal. Uh, the fourth line was the fourth line. Um, you look at at Montgomery, and you have to ask if there was too many line changes, um, or if the if they were too conservative with the lead is my big second guess. The goaltending is a second guess, but frankly, I don't really put on the coaching. Certainly don't put it on Sweeney. The players just fucking choked. <laughs> just choked. That's it. Yep, very much. Or they just. They were too hot early on in the season. I mean, I know that's cliche, but, you know, they went for a historic run, you know, most points, most wins, and then they fade. You know, usually the hockey Stanley Cup playoffs is whoever's hot at that right moment goes on to win it. You could be the A seed in the hockey playoffs and make it run to the Stanley Cup finals. And it looked like towards the end of the season, the Bruins were going on the opposite end. They looked like they were fizzling out. They were tired. You know, they spent too much energy trying to get that record, even though they weren't trying to do it, you know? So I think that's what ended up ultimately costing them the. Well, certainly the Bergeron injury had something to do with the Krejci uh, wore down for sure. The older guys you could say that for, but look, they, the most goals scored ever in the history of NHL playoffs in the third period happened in this series. So that's to say the legs were still there. There were still guys out there performing. They went to game seven. They were it's not, you know, it, they weren't losing games 1-0. They, I don't think they were worn down. They just fucking choked. They had leads. <laughs> they had multiple leads. They were up 3-1 in the series. Yeah. It's a choke. It's a choke. That's all you can say. It's a choke. Um, Real quickly, uh, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but just the future. You think Bergeron has to go. You think Krejci has to call quits, right? Hang up the cleats. Not the yep. cleats, the yeah, skates. Yep. Do you want him to? Do you want Bergeron back? No, I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. Me you either. gotta go with the youth movement. Yeah. Uh, I, here's what I think is gonna happen. I, if you look at the last um, ten years of President Trophy winners, 
almost half of them after the year they won the president trophy the next year they've gone on to make a pretty significant playoff run if not win the cup bruins are a little bit different because um of the bergeron Krejci and the age and the con and the uh, cap situation but i would ex- I, I expect them to actually to make a pretty decent run at the cup next year uh, or at least a playoff run, second round, game six, game seven type of thing, maybe, maybe even give the conference finals because I think that's what history tells us. And they're still going to have a pretty good team. You're still going to have a pretty good team. Um, if they can make enough moves, but dump one of the goalies, trade them for either a piece or a draft pick, um, sign yourself a, a top center, then you know you're going to be right in business. Um, and I think they can stay competitive with their decor, especially if they bring Orloff back. So. The Bruins aren't going anywhere. They'll be around, and hockey's hockey. Who knows? Maybe it just takes Bergeron in that. <laughs> I love Bergeron. Like he's he's a he, you know he, he's a Mount Rushmore of of Boston athletes in our lifetime. But good God, does his resume scream under underachiever? Yep, choker, underachiever. However you want to describe it, Jesus. We'll get to the top five after this, and the Bruins his Bruins are on the list about ten times. He should have four Stanley Cup championships. Well, now four, two at least. Well, okay, two at least. Minimally two. Um, thirteen. They probably had no business against the the Blackhawks. Well, didn't he get? Th- he got hurt in thirteen, didn't he? He was hurt every year. He played. I think thirteen was the collapse the young year. year yeah, right? yeah. Um, and then this year, obviously, who knows when they got to the next next round? What you know? Who knows? No, the Blues, the Blues series, they should have won. Totally, of course. I mean, but that's. Tukaras giving up two goals and four shots. But uh, anyway, they land on the list. His Bruins land on the list of top five losses a lot. So say what you want about Bergeron. His his tenure, 20 something, almost 20 years um, as a Bruin, a lot of underachievement, a lot of underachievement for what he's considered, which is one of the best two way forwards of all time. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we'll talk about those top unless Rob, unless Bobby, you have a uh, Bruins thought. I certainly do. Thank God that the season is over and I don't have to hear this shit for at least four months. There you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, the hockey offseason is not what the other sports are. So it will be a few months till we talk Bruins again. So fucking awesome. You're welcome, Bobby. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's keep the misery going though. Uh, after the break, we'll talk about the top five worst Boston uh, sports teams losses of. Uh, our lifetime generationally somewhere in the modern era. We'll be right back. The Red Sox finally start winning games and you keep them out. The young core getting together. God damn it. I, I need to wait for that Sox team to go into slump before we talk about them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they have a good two weeks, win games. They're what, they're three, three above 500. You're like, out of the show. Don't question the producers living here. You had, wow. you had the most epic collapse in NHL history. You had the Celtics currently playing. You had a Patriots draft. The Red Sox just didn't make it, okay? It's fine. Whatever. It's fine. It's, it's only May. Eight, it's May, okay? Yeah. They're going to play till October. 
That's fine. Yeah, we don't have to talk about him till yeah. August if that's what you want. By I'm September, you're going to have the same goddamn uh, <laughs> take about the Bruins that you have about the Red Sox. We'll do plenty of Red Sox talk. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We're talking about the fifth starter in June, June 17th. Excellent. We'll break it down. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely break it down. Speaking of breaking it down, top five uh, Boston sports losses of all time. I gave you, uh, I listed them here. Let me just stay off the bat. Don't give me any uh, particular information, but are we in relative agreement on this, the five to six that I listed there, or do we have major discrepancies? No, I think that's the list. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to, what I want to do is start with the um, honorable mentions. Um, and just just get those out of the way. Uh, so I said our lifetime, our generation, but even this one sticks with our generation very much so um, as as we were younger people before the Red Sox actually started mm-hmm. to win. But the 1986 Red Sox lost to the Mets and Bill Buckner. We were basically born in that was basically like a bedtime story for anybody growing up in New England prior to 2004. Or something um, goes between your legs. You know, you fucking got the buck now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> I, w- I would bet you kids these days probably don't even know that anymore. Probably not. But probably that's... don't. Yeah, no. I mean, the amount of World Series the Red Sox have won, they're not. It's they're they're not seen as a loser franchise if you're like early twenties or something. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's completely flipped. But that one had to be mentioned because. It, it it was a major part of certainly of our childhood as as baseball fans. You all mm. know about Buckner. Um, then I go to I, I didn't list these in order of like worst to to not worst, but really special. I'll try to do it now. I'll, I'll give you. I don't actually. I don't really have an opinion on this. 2017 Patriots Eagles. I, I, I mean, as far as a you lose in the Bowl. Super Bowl, it's a tough loss. Yeah, and you have over. What did Brady have? 500 yards, yeah, and you get strip sack with two minutes left, and you know they're going to score a touchdown to win the game. Out of all the Patriots Super Bowl losses, that's probably the one that I would say hurt the least. Yeah, so uh, also on here is 11 versus the Giants and Mario Manningham. Yeah. Which, we shouldn't even bend in that game. Wes Walker. That one, in some ways, that 20 of the second Giants loss was more annoying because it happened again. And it's like, I got to listen to these Giants Ooh. fucks a second time. I can understand the logic there, but no way. 2007. I, I know. I know. Burn me till the end of fucking time. I, know. <laughs> I still can't watch highlights of that game. No, no, I will never watch that game. 2011, Ray's right. We had they had no they had the worst defense in the league. Statistically, they were the worst defense in the league. They had no yeah. business being in the league. And 31 and 32. Okay. Fuck you, Ray. <laughs> uh, the other one on the honorable mention was 2006 Patriots Colts. That would hurt would, because we would run the Super Bowl again. Twenty-one nothing at halftime. You're going to you're going to go on to play Rex fucking Grossman in the Chicago Bears. That's another Super Bowl there. That one uh, to Peyton Manning of all guys. Mm-hmm. That one hurts. He got his first because of that. Oh, yeah, that one hurts. Okay, uh, I guess technically this is an honorable mention too, and you can de- you can debate me on whether this one lands in the top five. And I'll give you, and I, I can be persuaded, but at six, I had the 2010 Celtics. I go, that should be on the top five. That's okay. That's, that's higher for me. I, I mean, that's well, we've, the, we understand your uh, position. Yeah, of I mean, in the three next through three five, I, I mean, 
I don't even come on. <laughs> I'll give you I'll I'll give you my uh, reasonings why the Bruins are above that, but give me your Celtics 2010 loss taken why they're. I mean, it would have it, it would have solidified that as more of a historical team with two championships as opposed to the one, and with with the whole thing with Perkins injury. I mean. You, you you could say that if he was there, they win the they win the series and that game seven, which was more of a, a wrestling match than a basketball game. Um, yeah, it, it was just that team was just. I, I was very much into the Garnett, Ray Allen, Pierce Celtics. So yeah, that 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 was fun basketball. It was just a better period of basketball. And you lost your arch rival. I mean, exactly. It was the Lakers. Hand it was in Kobe hand, Bryan. Boston, it was a Lakers, big series. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. I mean, and that tied them back. Up. Oh no. That made him one behind us for most banners and all that blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, that was one of the heartbreaking losses, losing the Lakers. And plus, Perks goes down like that in game six, and then you get annihilated in that game. That was a – Game seven was was really it, – it, it was the first year I moved down here to the D.C. area, and I was sitting on a bar by myself. And uh, and the Celtics were winning, you know, until whatever, a uh, couple minutes left, and Metal World Peace hit that three-pointer. The most un- unlikely of people to hit that three, a couple minutes left that put it basically out of reach, um, and yeah, it crushed me at the time. The reason I have them a little bit lower than these Bruins losses, uh, I'll give you this: it's because they won two years before. They'd won it. We'd we'd gone since 1986 without a Celtics championship, and they won in 2008, and that was the euphoria. That was like major. That was possible. Anything is possible. 2008 Celtics is 2004 Red Sox. Like that was it. 2007 Red Sox was like, that's nice. They won the World Series again. Right. So it's like, that's how I felt like 2010 would have been for the Celtics. The loss, of course, hurts way more than the win would, would, um, would feel good. But the next one I had on this list was the 2013 Bruins, which I can be argued against, uh, to, to, to flip flop these. But the reason I put them before that, because what we just talked about with Bergeron. If they coll- if he collects that, and you, Bobby, you mentioned it too, with even like the Garnett Pierce era, if they collect that second cup, they move into a next echelon. And if I know you didn't watch Bobby, but Game Six they had wrapped up, wrapped it like a bow, tied a couple minutes left, up two, up two, two goals, a couple minutes left, and within thirty six seconds, I think it was the Blackhawks went and scored two fucking goals, two. Easy, simple cupcake goals against Tuka Rask. They brought it back to Chicago game seven and won it. The way that they lost game six, and now looking back on it, the the, the repercussions of it, and not getting that core a second. Chara was on that team still. Not getting that core a second championship, Stanley Cup. Oh, it would it, we just we just mentioned it in the Bruins segment. It would have set those guys apart. It would have set them to a next level, including Chara, which you know obviously has been off the team for a while. Yeah. And then uh, similar to this year, twenty twenty three Bruins, like you go and set the NHL record of most wins and losing the first round. I can be argued. I could put the pay, I could put the Celtics that two thousand ten Celtics anywhere from there. Um, I think this five, twenty. Six. I think this year's Bruins should be number three. I think honestly, but. Oh, so this is where I differ. I have number three, 2019 Bruins. Here's the deal. I, I don't think the 2019 Bruins and 2023 Bruins are all that different, frankly. 2023, obviously, they set this record, but 
in the back of everybody's mind as they were doing it was when are they going to blow this back of everybody's mind 2019 they the expectations were so much lower and they worked their way game seven at home stanley cup finals you you lose to a team that's worse than you yeah that that's a that's a killer at least now it's round one. You're like, these fuckers. Like, you're not like not watching sports. You're just like these fucking assholes. Like, you're more mad than like just like heartbroken. It's yeah, but like, they have all those accolades this year. Not in 2019. They didn't have any of that. No shit. It, it, it was truly, it was truly a a sports heartbreak. 2019 was truly a sports heartbreak. You watch those two go in the first period of that game of the Bruins uh, 2019 Stanley Cup Finals game seven. The Bruins outplayed that. That St. Louis Bruins, they were putting in pucks on net on on uh, Barrington, Bennington, left and fucking right. They should have had two or three goals in that first period, and then the Blues come down. They took four shots and they get two goals, and the whole all of TD Garden just they just went silent. It was over. It was the most like it was truly, truly um, a heartbreaking loss. This year is just like fuck you assholes. Like show up, man. Because <laughs> we knew it was gonna happen, like you said. Yeah, I agree. Okay. The next two, I think, are undisputable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two thousand three Red Sox. Aaron fucking Boone, Tim Wakefield, ALCS Game Seven, night night. The Yankees go on uh, to the World Series. Obviously, we know what happened after that. Two thousand four Red Sox. That was 03, Come Robert. back from 03, right? 2004, yeah, they came back from 03 against the Yankees. Uh, I was talking to somebody at the bar, the other, a total stranger, <laughs> and I had this hat on, and the Orioles were on. We're talking uh, baseball, and he goes, man, I'm an Orioles fan, but that 04 Red Sox-Yankees is the greatest sporting event in the history of sports. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember that, too. Obviously, 04, we were, we were in college. I don't know if you remember, like, the little complex area – like that freshman year, there was a riot in yeah. that area. I could see it after when they beat it because obviously it went to college in in Hartford, Connecticut. So it's like half New York, half Boston people. There was a literal riot in there. It was oh my god, it was so intense. I'll never forget that. Oh my, I was god. a couple miles north in Springfield, Massachusetts. There was no riot. It was all euphoria. We everyone just was so shit faced, naked, running through the courtyards, and like it was amazing. But the year before was 2003. In 2003, they left Pedro Martinez and Grady Little for an inning too long. And then uh, uh, Tim Wakefield had to come in and gave up the home run to uh, to Aaron Boone. And I'll never forget it. I remember exactly where I was. I was at the Stevens house watching it for some reason. And the home run happened. And I just stood up. And walked out later <laughs> and drove very fast for a very long time. Did you go over yeah. Space Mountain when you did that? Oh, yeah. She gets me pissed off sometimes. I used to go over Space Mountain a lot. Like a Plymouth Space Fury over Mountain. Space Mountain. And did you basically drop the radiator? <laughs> I had the uh, GMC Jimmy, and I remember that thing just went, it should have had yeah. the shocks on it, and it did. It just went. Boom, and then come back up. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, and you know, yeah, you dropped the camera there and really added the sound effect, the oh, detail yeah. to that. Oh, yeah. It was nice, yeah. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, 2003 Red Sox are my number two. And then the unspoken, uh, forever unspoken about 2007 uh, Patriots Giants Super Bowl. Broke my phone that day. I smashed that fucking phone into pieces. I was pissed. Yeah. Heartbreak. That that hurt the most. And we can't even watch it anymore. The helmet yeah, catch. Same thing. Harrison in college. Ripped it off. Yeah. In in Hartford. Half New York fans having to listen to those fucks. Oh God, that was miserable. Yeah, I had a good friend. It was mostly pictures, but a good friend of mine was a Giants fan. And we came over and we did a big screen and everything. And uh we were real cocky and uh talking a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh and to his to his credit, like didn't go over the top. It was just like handshake, good win. Like then I could hear. It. And then I took a six pack of beer and went into my own room, <laughs> and just salted the night away. And I can hear him celebrating outside. Uh, but yeah, I didn't I didn't watch sports. Thank God for the two thousand and eight Red Sox because I didn't watch sports until basically July of that year. The Red Sox. Um, Soup to nuts that year were the best team in baseball and they went on to win the World Series. Otherwise, there's a good chance I would, I don't know, be into classical music or something right now. Be a whole oh. different podcast. Yeah, it'd be a completely different <laughs> podcast. We'd be talking about the Simple biology. Minds Book Club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Mike Lowell. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's our top five, Raymond. Uh, you got the uh 07 Patriots, 2003, 2003 Red Sox. A lot of debate from there. I'm going to stick with my 19 Bruins. I'll give you 2010 Celtics. I think we uh, agreement uh, they can land there, and then uh, we'll go 2023 Bruins somewhere. In... Yeah, and then 2013 is right on the outside. Gotcha. It sounds like good. It. Like okay. Uh, afternoon delight. We'll talk a little Patriots draft. Bobby Bukaki. Skyrockets in flight. Woo! Afternoon delight. Whoop. You guys have it, I think. Huh. Afternoon delight. I don't know, Ron. That sounds kind of crazy. Now, Bobby Bukaki, this is your. This is basically your uh, segment. Uh, do you want me to, to just list all twelve? goddamn picks and we can just uh a lot of play i i i was floored that they actually drafted 12 fucking people unfucking believe i can't believe it 12 picks or they only have one they they have 89 players right now they only have one player one spot left let's do this let's um without getting into detail of all the picks because we'll go through them uh fairly, fairly quickly um especially as we get down to the bottom but let's just give an overall assessment an overall, I know Bobby, you, you kind of already did your opening take. Just an overall thought of how it went down. Raymond, I'll I'll start with you. Go ahead. They addressed needs on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, getting a quarterback in Christian Gonzalez, DN linebacker. Uh, but yeah, I think there's you're starting to see that the future, the the changing of the guards rather, because there's a lot of old guys on this team, and you're seeing a lot of uh, their replacements coming in, like Jake Andrews, I think. The center out of Troy is going to be David Andrews' replacement. So I think you're starting to see that too. The writing's on the wall that these guys aren't uh, going to be around much longer. So they started to stockpile in certain positions like offensive line and corner, stuff like that. I'll give you I'll give you my initial take. When I looked at it, I said, huh, I don't I don't really mind it. 
I didn't really mind the approach. I thought that there were a couple guys that they, you know, the, the Christian Gonzalez pick was a nice surprise that they did that. Um, round two, Keon White seems like a guy that fits. Uh, you know, I didn't even mind the O-line. I think the games are won in the trenches, um, as a lot of people don't. And then a couple flyers in late. I was like, you know, that that's an interesting, good approach. And then, then I really started dial in on the fact that they traded up for a fucking, fucking kicker. kicker. That's fucking <laughs> yeah. And then I started to look at the guys that went in the third round. I think there was like nine wide receivers or something crazy. And the guys that went around the kicker and the offensive tackles that they could have drafted, but drafted around and didn't do something about. And re- now it's really started to irk me with what they've done. It's really, it's really starting to irk me with how little they really addressed what they really should have done. If they could have gotten one of these guys, one of these tackles um, that that was available to them, then you might feel differently. Um, now I even start to second guess the Christian Gonzalez. I know he's supposed to be a stud, but like a cornerback in the first round at four seventeen, what's the track record of that guy working out? Uh, not great. Keon White now is supposed to be like some uh, in between. So you in the second round, you draft a backup in between defensive linemen. It's all starting to make me feel a little bit iffy about the whole fucking thing. And how many offensive linemen are you? Uh, Bobby, you probably know this. Are they still only allowed to play? Uh, it's still five offensive linemen. Just the five. Got it. So how many are they uh, currently on the roster? 20? They, I think they have 16 or 17. How many fucking offensive linemen do you need on this roster? How they many usually do you need carry to develop? 10 out of 53. You, you already have a Winu and Cole Strange as two young guys that are coming up. Like, there's no chance they resign on Winu. No I'm chance. just, it's just a, it's just like, I'm, I was not one of these people that said you'd have to go get the wide receiver that's going to stretch the field or be the playmaker, but it, and, and honestly, I, I have uh, optimism for the wide receivers that they did pick because the expectations are so fucking low. But the more I look at it, the more aggravated I'm getting, frankly. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add on to your opening take or anything we said, Bobby? Do you want to go? Yeah, let me add. the picks. Christian Gonzalez athletically can run with Stefan Diggs, can run with Taekwon, um, Tyreek Hill, can run with any receiver in the league. Athletically, he has every tool to be the number one corner that the Patriots want. It's the, the, I got no problem with that pick. Keon White, he's a 285-pound linebacker, uh, 285 defensive end. He's really a lineman, not a linebacker that can play tackle end or stand up. Like he's a Patriots guy. Like, and he's like he's a solid B player. Like again, athletically, they have this. Um, I forget what it's called. Relative athletic score of zero to 10, 10 is like perfect. And he scored like a 9.5. So like athletically he's 285 pounds and can play three positions. So it's like, he's, he's a Patriots guy. I'm sure he'll be fine. Where, That's cool. Where, but it's like that guy. And if you want to jump ahead to Marte, Marte map, who a lot that's of where I have a liking. fucking problem. Okay. So oh, go ahead. Yeah. I never even heard of this guy. Number one. But again, oh, he's getting relatively positive reviews. That's okay. the The main two picks I problem picks that I have a problem with are Jake Andrews and Marty Mapu. I don't have a problem picking those two guys ahead defensive players because one for the Patriots, 
I think they'll work. Their scheme fits, especially Christian Gonzalez. And in the second round, if you get someone that's basically going to be a guaranteed defensive starting lineman, I'm okay with it. Well, I look at the players that went after Marte Mapu. Uh, two picks later, uh, Josh Downs. Another pick after that, Tucker Craft. And then a few picks after that, Darnell Washington. For me, it would have been one of those two tight ends. They don't have a tight end under contract next year. They need a third tight end. Mike Kosicki isn't a tight end. He's a large receiver. Like he might line up in the tight end position. He's not a tight end. So they just obviously deemed those tight ends as undraftable. And they yeah. drafted a linebacker that's 215 pounds that played at Sacramento State with a pec injury. Like what the fuck? Ah, hurt a lot of... Ah. A little and, wet out there. And then I, they draft a center in the fourth round. I'm not even going to truly have a problem with the kicker because Nick Folk is old, is older, is like 39. Fuck you. You have a problem with the he kicker. Can't, he can't kick off. Don't trade off. Don't trade up for a kicker. He can't, they needed a kicker. They need, a, they need someone that can kick out of the end zone so we don't get, give up two touchdowns not to in the, the fourth Bills. round. Not in the fourth round. Go I, find I can't even, trading they up had the traded round. up for him. round picks. I, I can't even say because at least you know what? That guy's going to play. It's a fourth round play, pick. Maybe the, the Nazi kicker didn't play. Oh, he was racist. <laughs> he was a kick. Nazi. Yeah. That's racist. You can't say that. Uh, but, go ahead, again, Bobby. The Bobby round, Bukaki, keep the they Bukaki could have coming. taken a flyer on a potential impact player. So we go down. I don't have a problem with the guards. Keishon Booty was the second, the number two receiver. Booty! In his high class. I was trying to number get that two. in before. The, 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 booty. He's got booty, true booty, potential. Booty, 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 popping everywhere. Okay, uh, that was a lot. Of he's Bukaki. an asshole. Let's back it up a little bit. Let's back up to Bukaki a little bit. Um, uh, you can't. You can't. The Keon White. When I first saw it, I was like, "Yeah, I thought exactly what you did, Bobby. Patriot guy. He's gonna be a. Is he gonna play this year? Probably not. Probably. Dietrich Wise is there. He'll Dietrich probably Wise play. He'll play in rotation. He'll probably take cool. snaps from second like round a, pick a for a team that has fucking needs. Can you not get a guy that's going to play this year in your second round pick? Well, Can you not uh, he just play? He's not going guy. to start. Is he like and the defensive line that they play 60% of the snaps? That's a starting defensive lineman. He won't pay over Jack Dietrich Wise. He won't. No, he won't play right over now. Barmer. He won't play over Wise. Nope. He won't play over uh Guy. He won't play over obviously Judon. He won't play over Uche. He's gonna be nope. fifth, sixth, seventh on the depth chart on the D line as your second round pick. So you think, you, that you think they're gonna move around though? You think they're going to start moving him around, though? Like They're not going to do shit with him. They're going to fucking basically redshirt him. If like every other athletic, rookie that they pick. If he's that like, athletic, don't you think you can put him in like a linebacker scheme kind of like thing? Put him on special teams, blocking. Mm-hmm, cool. <laughs> the uh, the Mapu guy, I was actually posit- positive about the uh, the third round uh, pick because of just the shit that I read. I Obviously, Sacramento State, who knows? But then you start to look at it and go, you already have these fucking guys. You have Kyle Duggar. You have, um, I'm going to forget his name. Who's the the other linebacker safety that they have? Sorry. Peppers. Uh, Peppers is one of them. Who's oh, the Duggar, other Peppers, Phillips. Phillips, thank you. You have this guy. And when I first, when they first drafted him, I thought, I saw linebacker and I saw spin. I said, oh, they got a playmaking linebacker. Nope. He's just another Peppers or yeah. Phillips. He's too small to actually play linebacker. Um, but a lot of people are hiring him, but he's coming off a peck injury. Uh, we'll see. Titty, titty, titty. Well, there he's like those two players are are down the line replacements for next year when they don't re-sign some guys. Right. It's like that's what they're doing. They and to the point, and I don't mind that approach in the draft. I really don't. And it's what the Patriots have done 
forever. They've drafted young guys that won't play for a year or two to take over the, from guys yep. leaving. But they have glaring holes that they need. They to don't have. They don't have enough people that can actually step on the field and play next year in a lot of important positions. Which is why I really don't have a problem with the offensive line approach and drafting three yeah. guys, except none of them are tackles. Yeah, so one Broderick, of those two guards will replace on Wayne next year because there's no chance they resign him. Zero. I wouldn't put it at zero. They've paid. They've paid Tooney and they played Mason. They pay they, their guards. It's true. That's that's a fair. That is a fair point that they have paid. They their might guard. push him to tackle. Yeah, they I, do that the price tag would be even higher though. They could do that. Not if they pay him as a guard. Yeah, but he, if he goes <laughs> up there, it says I'm a right tackle. No, you have you been paying attention to what the Patriots do? No, no. they'll pay him as a guard and move him to tackle. Yeah, uh, they are also talking about this city. Uh, so city Sal. City Sal. Sal. Dude, if that's uh, his name, fucking sign me up for this guy. City South. Yeah, I like Let's it. Go, I like boy. it. I honestly like all the I like all the the profiles of all the offensive linemen. They they seem like Patriot, like just gritty fucking the Jake Andrews guys. To your point, Bobby, seems like this dude's gonna be a center for the Patriots in the next ten years. Yeah, dude's got enough equipment on him to uh, rival like Patrick a Ewing board, at like the end of said. his year. Uh, but they're talking about putting Sow at uh, at tackle. Um, this. A Tony Mafi, we'll see. He was cousin to, I don't know if you saw this, he's cousin to Asiasi, Devin Asiasi, oh, the tight end. Right. And they asked him about, so has Asiasi told you about the Patriots? And the quote's like, yeah. He said, it's it's cool. A lot of work. Got to come in, get your head on straight. It's like, Devin Asiasi was a major fucking failure in this, in this uh, Patriots organization. Is he still playing in Denver? I don't think so. He might be. I think he's out of the league. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to uh, your guy, uh, Kayshawn Booty. So he's an asshole, but uh, consider so he, he, number one he pick was... last year if he didn't like get in some trouble and get hurt. After his sophomore year, he would have been a first round or a second round pick. Then he he broke his ankle, had a bad recovery, and then Brian Kelly came in and they, it, they didn't click. It it didn't. It was a bad season for him, whatever it was. So and he, coming out of high school, he was the number two ranked receiver in the country. So he has actual talent and actual pedigree and essentially he's healed from his injury. So he, I, I like the pick cause it's a no, it's a no risk, high reward. He actually, you actually could be getting a player with true, true talent there. And if he, he doesn't work, he doesn't work. What's the backstory guy? on him? Yeah. What's the backstory on him though? Backstory like what? What, what part? You said of it? he was in trouble. Did you say he was in trouble? No, it wasn't that he was in trouble. He just him and the new coaching staff did oh, not right. get along. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, they did not. So I didn't know if he was like read some things like he slacked off and shit, like just kind of fucked around a little bit off. Off. Yeah, they basically he doesn't have any law. He doesn't have any legal. Probably, like, he, yeah. he's, he's not Pac-Man Jones. Um, <laughs> he just kind of was quite entertaining swords. on the McAfee show. I'd like to add. Uh, the other wide receiver, Demario Douglas, little jitterbug uh, at a Liberty, whatever. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. These two wide receivers in this part of the draft, I like for the Patriots. For the Patriots. Yeah. They're, they're guys that they're not going to be Jamar Chase this year, obviously. But you look two, three years, if the coaching staff stays in place and they can work with them, I would expect production out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, somewhere along the line. I just don't know if that's good for what they need right now. They haven't replaced Aguilar's position. I mean, we swapped out Myers for Smith Schuster and Aguilar's out. So essentially there is one wide receiver spot. Would that be Tyquan Thornton? Available. Well, he was carried he was carried on the roster last year with Aguilar. They had five. Yeah, but you I would I would expect Tyquan Thornton to take that um 
Aguilar role now. Oh, I mean the role. Yes, I'm. I'm saying that there's like a wide receiver roster spot. Yeah, totally. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Um, and there's plenty of special team slots. So, mm-hmm. well, the ex- team is about one third prim- primarily special teams aces. Booty Barringer. Uh, who's the other guy? Oh, this next guy, D back Amar Amir Speed, who uh, ironically had like the fastest forty time in the combine in his last name speed good for him and this isaiah bolt they're all special teams guys the last several picks which is what you expect at the end of the end of the draft but this speed kid's like a special teams expert like that's all he did isaiah speed or amir speed out of michigan state that's his specialty yeah he's like he's like six two six three he was like he's the like that was the fastest player yeah they're they're i'm sure they're drafting him he's probably um Slater's replacement. Totally. You know, yeah. I watched it. I listened, or uh, I listened, watched. I read an interview with uh, of the Patriots staff that interviewed him. He's like, <laughs> all he talked about was special teams. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't quite get on the field with uh, with the defense, but, you know, special teams, this is this is what I'm really about. I'm really about getting down there and uh, Love picking up punts, punts that are never, that are never collecting. Yeah. I have one tackle in my career because no one <laughs> takes kickoff the punts anymore. So there you go. Uh, and then Isaiah Bolden, where Jackson State University, that's right. another decent flyer. People have, people have some. Uh, Deion Sanders spoke on him. They said that he was a pretty good kid. I like a, I like a late round undrafted cornerback for Belichick. We'll see Isaiah Bolden next year in the uh, in the mix for cornerbacks. Replace Miles Bryant. Yeah, the problem with everybody basically up and down this roster outside of Christian Gonzalez is you're looking at two or three years until we actually see them as a major contributor. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, outside then, of, well, but then Belichick will be gone, and then the new regime will kick all these guys out. Yeah, the they're all be, they'll all be fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray or Bob, do you guys remember the undrafted quarterback that's getting a lot of publicity for the at Louisville? Cunningham. Yes, it is. The, these people sicken me. They sign an undrafted quarterback, and they're calling it a controversy. No one's putting respect on Zappy's name. How dare I know. They? Well, first of all, Zappy's the starter, so fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm willing to bend to that at this point. After the Celtics game, Zappy showing up with all the receivers. Juju Smith Schuster did a press conference saying he hasn't thrown with Mac yet. Mac is still silent. Bad. It, it, we may have a true Zap Daddy knows how to play here. the game. You know, I I've said this all along. I'm not above uh, the Zappy fever. I'm just. I'm Team Mac, Captain Mac. Let's give the kid a shot. He's been dragged through the mud. Uh, but if he's not doing the right things, he's not doing the right things. I'm not above telling you I'm wrong. I'm just right right now. We'll be right back with Simplest Minds of the Week. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a nice segue because my uh, phrase was dumb. And then we move to send this money away. We're also very late, so let's. Uh, uh, Ray, why don't you kick us off with simplest minds of the week? Because that's the clear winner. Yeah, that one's solid. I woke up this morning uh, to the greatest news of all time. Uh, one Jackson Mahomes is in jail right now. Uh, I'm trying to find the article quickly. Here it is. He was arrested for aggravated sexual battery. Uh, he was released on a hundred thousand dollar bond. Back in February, he uh, roped and forcefully kissed a restaurant owner, and there's videotape of it. Uh, he was uh, 
The 22-year-old was accused of sexually and physically assaulting the owner of the Aspen's restaurant and lounge when the 40-year-old woman claimed he tried to forcibly kiss her multiple times. Uh, owner also alleged uh, Jackson seemed intoxicated earlier in the night and claims he shoved a male member of her waitstaff. Uh, this conviction could carry up to 55 months in prison. So pray for the judicial, judicial system to work down there and he gets his way and goes to fucking jail. Okay, so I'm just going to back up. I'm just going to back this off a little bit. It's not the greatest news of all time. Some woman got assaulted, so that's not good. Also, uh, <laughs> some guy was uh, you know, being a piece of shit. So but the reason why this is being heralded is because Jackson Mahomes is... Thank you. Uh, and the reason we uh, most... Consider him a, a uh, uh, see you next Tuesday is because he is a cunt. Okay, let's just can we describe why? Because he does TikTok dances on uh, dead people's uh, memorial on the field. He also poured water all over people in Baltimore. He always hangs out with uh, uh, Mahomes' wife and makes these stupid, cringeworthy TikTok videos. This kid's a cunt. He has has a silver spoon in his fucking mouth. He's had it all the way because his dad was in the MLB, and now he's living off his brother's stardom. This kid is one of those kids that doesn't belong there and just rides the coattails of everyone else who's famous and wants the limelight and wants his 15 seconds of fame. So hopefully Big Bubba in fucking jail when he's in there for 55 months gets his uh, 15 minutes of fame when he's fucked up the ass, that piece of shit cunt. Okay. Um. So... Uh... <laughs> I hate Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, I, I know. Hate Ray him. has a Ray has a real. It uh, doesn't show at all. No, Ray has I a real good appetite for hating people that he's never met. Thank you. The reason why Jackson Mahomes is hated is you mentioned a little bit the silver spoon, never really working for anything. Truly representing a Gen Z culture of just uh, popularizing himself based off other people's hard work, and certainly that is commendable to hate if 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 you do so. Um, and maybe, maybe he's earned his comeuppance uh, with this shitty behavior and it's finally come around to haunt him. Uh, certainly a dumb move. Certainly uh, uh, has earned his spot in Simplest Minds of the Week. Um, but alcohol can make you do some shitty things. So. Oh, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> Bobby, any thoughts on uh, Jackson Mahomes? Uh, no, I am. I'm with Ray. I am happy to see him on his way to prison. <laughs> uh, I have a couple more. I don't know if these are simple minds or just kind of crazy. Uh, one of these headlines, Florida man buys $11,000 in fetuses and organs from a hottie in Texas. When you put that in the email, like earlier in the week to like remind mm. yourself of this, I was like, what the fuck is this? And the, it's a crazy it's story. So uh, I'll read a little bit here. An Arkansas woman has pleaded not guilty to charges that, I repeat, not guilty, to charges that she sold 20 boxes of stolen body parts from a medical school cadavers to a Pennsylvania man nearly $11,000. It says Pennsylvania, but he's actually from Florida. Uh, the April 5th indictment unsealed Friday in federal court in Little Rock accused of uh, Candace Chapman, Scott, 36, uh, previously dubbed Hottie, Go take a look at the picture. Not hottie. <laughs> Bad. Baddie. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, Bobby. A former mortuary worker of setting up the transactions with a man she met through Facebook group about quote-unquote oddities. Uh, it goes on to read all of the other shit that they did. Uh, but what a just what a wild world. Why don't First, people... Why, what, can I... If there's an Odyssey group chat that these people Odd, are in, Oddity, not Odyssey. Oddities, not Oddities. Like, I know, Oddities, like you're making like weird not shit. Like, like Odysseus. Oh, <laughs> sorry. 
no but Greek I'm just mythology. saying, like, why wouldn't you, yeah. why would you go after those Oedipus. people and just be like, you guys are fucked up. Like, you're a little uh, loose in the... Look, this is more the Florida man, Pennsylvania man for me. Like, you need some, you need some money. You got access to some ba- dead babies. I, you know, people do crazy shit for money. Who's buying it for what? What's this guy buying? And this is the story never reveals it. Like, what's this guy buying dead baby carcasses for? You ever seen that South Park episode? No, I don't watch. I don't watch uh, uh, cartoons. Stem cells, Nor do eating, I wear jerseys of other grown men that are younger. They're eating uh, the stem cells. That's how Christopher Reeves got healed in the South Park. <laughs> I think they have to be live. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, sure. I just, uh, it wasn't just dead baby. It was like, weird, it was like arms and like. Yeah, it was just limbs and stuff when I was reading. And yeah. like, He's and obviously livers building and Frankenstein. I think it's crystal clear. We've got a or scientist on our hand. Def- He's never fucked anything, and he's trying to make his own woman. We got to definitely weird on hands. All right, uh, uh, one more I want to bring up to you. Here's the headline: Student eats artwork of banana duct tape to museum wall, quote unquote, because he was hungry. <laughs> this one just made me laugh, and I <laughs> love this worth, kid. Was it worth like twenty two thousand dollars or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So yeah, this I mean, made this was like years ago that this made headlines that someone you know the the art world is so crazy and stupid. Uh, that someone duct taped a, a banana, an unpeeled banana on a wall, and it, and you know, it, I don't know, whatever, went viral or became a really famous piece of art. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay this out for you. So this was in a museum, and it was just a duct taped piece of banana, duct taped on a wall, and then know. someone walked around and found out that it was eaten, and the kid duct taped it back, duct taped the peel back. <laughs> On the wall, and then they caught him, and they said, "Why'd you do it?" He goes, "Said I was hungry." It, it was not an act of stupidity. Clearly, the kid knew what he was doing. He was like, "It was an act of." I think he went on to double down, like, "Well, this was my act of art, so maybe he was a bottomless on ball dumb, like just doubling down on his stupidity." The part that got me is the, the art side of it. The they just what they did is they took the peel off and they put another banana with a duck piece of duct tape. That's not art. Was that fuck? How is that art? Just replacing another banana with another piece of duct tape because some fucking asshole kid ate your banana off the wall. <laughs> I mean, don't they have to constantly replace the banana, or it's gonna like rot? You have to. Yeah. Now, now you've been exposed. Now your art's been exposed. How the fuck is that art? I love the kid though. I was hungry. Touche. <laughs> I'm on his side. And they put the and they put the peel back. The picture of the peel back with the the our community tape. is a Made weird, weird community, man. Look, yeah, it's look. just a lot of people with a lot of time and money on their hands. And then, uh, lastly, I had just had here there was a New York woman that got run over by her own car. Enough yeah. said, that's a better bit. That's about Whatever. it. Good for her. That's about and it. And apparently, she got a ticket for, yeah, she got a up. ticket for uh, <laughs> unregistered vehicle after that. So, way sucks to go. To, sucks to suck, yeah, exactly. This has been the Simmind Sports Show, Friday Rewind, <clears throat> May, May 5th. 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Why aren't you looking at the top right corner of your screen? It was blurry. Oh. Cinco de Mayo. It was blurry. <laughs> <laughs> Adios. Como Adios, está? amigos. Bien, bien, let's do it. Muy, muy excelente.
me. Where? Back to the future. Hello. Here we are. Boys. Gentlemen. Good. Good. Ray, you look good. You shave? Mm-hmm. Shave my nuts. Shave my face. That's wow. the thing. You did that's two weeks in a row. You've each shaved. Did you yeah. shave your nuts too? I have not shaved my nuts in a little bit. Hmm. No. How often do you do the man grooming these days? Um, it's like uh, once a quarter. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's really just an uncomfortable level for me. Mm-hmm. Once like the taint we... gets a little like unbearable, it's like that's that's when you know you need to just trim it up. Yeah, the taint stuff. It's like the inner thigh kind of area that's like gets gets sticky and itchy and like especially this time of year where it's starting to get yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah you really need to shape up mm-hmm. that's all it is for it's because i get a like nice little rash down there because of the chafing of my thighs well, you know what i'm talking about i got you i got you baby bobby doesn't know bobby with that silky smooth skin he doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about no no, no i'm pretty hairy down there i'm just listening to you discuss it in detail now oh, i'm sorry he's getting hard listening to us yeah, yeah. Show me those hands, Vine. Show me those hands. Show those hands, Vine. Show me those wigwam making yeah. hands. <laughs> uh, what else is new? Anything else? Uh, bigger no. the fubu, tasty the chalupa. Oh, fuck yeah, you know that, baby. Yeah, that's right. You that's know right, that's baby. right. You know that's right. No, nothing else. You? Nothing to announce. Oh, I found out I can't fucking tag you and stuff anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, keep that on the keep that on the deal. Making moves, making moves in the world. Oh, I'll tell you this: I'm officiating. I'm a, a officially a wedding officiant. Who's I am a. Uh, that's uh, to be disclosed. Butch. Ah! <laughs> I officially have married somebody, and on Friday I will uh, have it in the books, and it will be on my resume that I will officiate a wedding. So. Where's that going? Your resume, very nice, right at the fucking top. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> uh, newsflash for anyone listen: Don't get married in Virginia unless you're very religious or you live in Virginia. They don't like outsiders. They don't like non-Christian outsiders coming in, coming into their spot and linking up, folks. I can understand that, especially yeah. with the guy with that mustache coming down there. Fucking yeah, <laughs> on their first wedding. I mean, you'd think a guy that looks like me, dresses and acts and says shit like me, would be like welcomed in a place like that. But nay, no, really, I don't have the uh, the religious huh. background to pass the test apparently, or the or the state license. So, where did yeah. they get married in the field or something? Or like, had a uh... skirt around it. Eh, there are details that I, I'm not at liberty to say, but we skirted around it. We got around the law. Bad boy. Fuck the man. Uh, speaking of fucking the man, what do you say we start the show? This is my sports show, uh, latest and greatest in New England sports. We need some opening takes. 